0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Duel of the Takes. Uh, despite what I said last week, that wasn't our last episode. Perhaps <laughs> it should have been. We are transitioning into a whole new era. And honestly, um, I, I, don't, I can't think of a better way to start off a new era than with a new panelist. And I can't think of a better panelist than who is now joining the show as another co-host, John Sekula. Woo!
1: Hello. I'm here now. I was here before, but I'm here again.
0: Yes, some of you longtime fans might remember John from the uh, Lego video games bracket, and we've brought John in on another bracket. Today we are covering. Uh, uh, this is a two-parter, actually. I think this might be our first ever true two-parter as well. So this is this is honestly the dawn of a new era. Mm-hmm. All of the movies that were nominated for Best Animated Feature Film, the Academy, the Oscars, uh, from the years 2002 when the award was introduced until 2009 at the end of the decade. So uh, this is going to be a bloodbath. This might be our our most just straight out there uh, seating and... Uh, I'm excited to yell at each other about animated movies like we're children.
1: Having gone through this bracket a couple times at work today, I am honestly scared of what
0: kind
2: of blood will be spilled today. Speaking of green slime
0: (laughs) (laughs) up first two movies that were nominated for the first ever best animated feature film uh, Shrek which ended up winning up against Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius
1: I think that there's an argument to be made for Jimmy Neutron but
3: it's not I don't think
1: it's good
2: enough (laughs) apparently alden had a hot take for this first round
3: i do have a hot take uh i think jimmy neutron should definitely go forward (laughs) above the original shrek (laughs) um why i think my only argument here is that in shrek they do not take spaceships with like no atmosphere retention to go save their parents from martians so the in shrek they do not have the plot of
1: jimmy neutron that's the argument
2: so the first three nominees ever for best animated picture was shrek jimmy neutron and monsters inc alden are you saying that jimmy neutron boy genius should have beaten both of those movies at the academy
3: it should have beaten shrek
2: wild
1: shrek didn't get an animated spin-off like tv show and monsters inc did but like what 10 years later
0: Well, one thing that I I do think is important to note about Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius is I would say it's very impactful in the scheme of animated television. Uh, The film was originally pitched to Nickelodeon as a series pilot. And they were like, well, let's just turn this into a full on feature. We can spend a lot of money making all these assets and then turn that into a serialized TV show. And what's really cool is that was the first fully CGI, uh, like major broadcast television show. Uh, I think it, it paved the way for the television side of the industry. But I would argue Shrek made a bigger impact on the film industry by finally giving Disney a run for their money in terms of having a uh, animation studio that was willing to put up the funds with someone from Disney, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who uh, really wanted to just poke fun at Disney and made this kind of satire and spoof of of Disney tropes in a movie about an ogre who finds true love. I personally want to lean toward the original Shrek. I think it's the far more impactful movie, but that's not to discredit Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Fucking loved that movie as a kid. Killer soundtrack. They're both great. I think that
1: objectively, if you look at these two movies and you want to compare them directly, just as movies without their impact... Shrek is a better film. It's a it's a better movie. But if you want to talk about this as a bracket as a whole, Jimmy Neutron I think has more lasting impact as you said on like television in turn like children's television, the way that children's television shows have been created, you wouldn't have the shows that you have today without Jimmy Neutron. And the other thing is is I don't think that Shrek can make it very far on this list. I think that what what is the next one? It's it's the in as far as the next uh, a matchup goes. Shrek doesn't go very far, and I don't think Jimmy Neutron does either. But I, 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 would argue that Jimmy Neutron might actually have more staying power, as far as like like cultural. Like Shrek is fantastic. Like Shrek is a great movie, but there's another Shrek movie on this list that's gonna make it way further than
3: this Shrek movie. Um that's why I'm not fighting for Shrek right now is that Shrek 2 will push forward it will it absolutely will
1: and Jimmy Neutron I gotta say you know what they don't do in Shrek the original Shrek uh, they don't uh, they don't have the chicken dance
3: oh true
2: Josh what are where, where are you leaning on this one I think the cultural impact I get for Jimmy Neutron but I don't think it's relevance have lasted as long as Shrek. Like, people still talk about a potential Shrek 5 to this day. Like, this franchise is still... Revelence. Jimmy Neutron, I think, for us growing up, was really cool and important. I, I'm sure all of us watched this movie many times, but I don't know. It, it, there's nothing like... It doesn't have, like, this like groundbreaking animation or anything. Uh, Shrek has at least, like, these groundbreaking, iconic characters, and I mean, what a cast. Like, you got... SNL legends and Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy. And then you have Cameron Diaz, who at the time was one of the biggest actresses ever. John Lithgow is great too as Farquaad. I think he knocks it out of the park in this movie. As Markiplier. As fuckwad. (laughs) So I I would love to root for the underdog for Jimmy Neutron, but it's Shrek. It's so important to the just history of animated movies. And it was the first winner. I...
1: Agree. I, I, can, I can understand your argument. And I, like like I said, the, the better movie is Shrek. It's just that there's so much to love about Jimmy Neutron.
3: Look, Shrek didn't give us Planet Sheen. Okay,
2: that's it. So for that, Shrek wins. <laughs> that just settled this argument, Shrek wins.
3: <laughs>
0: Alrighty, up next, we've got Monsters, Inc. and Ice Age. I wish this was a
1: competition. Dude, do you, do you like Ice Age? They're both fun. I just hate looking at Sid. I hate looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch the rest of the movies because Sid is a terrible thing to look at. I don't even call I don't even want to think about him as a sloth. Who's the guy that plays the saber tooth? He's fantastic.
0: Dennis Leary, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: this is really not a contest. They had to make like significant CGI advancements to make Monsters Inc to like do Sully's hair. And this is a movie that I'll go back to watch. And, and you know, just like Jimmy Neutron, they did have an animated
0: spinoff.
2: I think that Monsters, Inc. might be
0: the best Pixar movie, personally.
2: I was about to say, it's weird that Monsters, Inc., like, we all agree, like, it's in that talk for the best Pixar film, but I also still think it's underrated at the same time because, I don't know, I feel like when you ask a casual person what's the best Pixar movie or what their favorite Pixar movie is, I should say, they're probably going to say it. They they're, they might say Coco, Toy Story, or um, The Incredibles, I feel like, are usually the couple that are brought up. Monsters, Inc. kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, which... Despite being amazing. I think Monsters, Inc. Uh, is an incredible movie. I think the best movie Pixar duo we've had uh, in, uh, in John Goodman and Billy Crystal... I agree. I think where this really comes down to, at least in the debate between Monsters, Inc. and Ice Age, which has been pretty
0: one sided thus far, comes down to the fact that they're very similar plots. I mean, a group of three morons are left in charge of a baby and in Monsters, Inc., two morons are left in charge of a baby. But where this does a good job where Monsters, Inc. thrives is making you emotionally resonate with Sully's relationship to Boo. Like, the ending of this movie makes me cry every single freaking time. Yeah. And the Ice Age baby is nothing but a shitpost. <laughs> Fuck the Ice Age baby. The Ice Age baby looks like a fucking monster.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that, like, end of 2019, there was a collective hatred towards uh, Ice Age Kid.
2: That's actually thanks to Sullycore. These are two Sullycore memes going at it. <laughs> Well, Monsters Inc. wins, no contest. Yeah. Up next, we've got Spirited Away up
0: against Spirit.
1: This is a fucking hilarious matchup that you've matched Spirited Away with Spirit.
2: Now, Alden, you were you were you were very passionate about Spirit in our DreamWorks debate.
3: Yeah. Uh, I do think the animation's great. Yeah. It's fine. Well, I think the animation's great for both of these, but I don't think Spirit even comes close to Spirited Away. I have some friends whose, like, favorite movies of all time is Spirit, and I just, I don't get it. I guess they were Horse Girls, but, like, come on. The
0: her- the Horse Girls Must Fall, Spirited Away is the better movie. Yeah, this
1: is not a question. This is a hilarious matchup, but Spirited Away is just, by far and away, no pun intended, the better movie.
2: I'm going to give my singular vote to Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, up next, this is the jewelry round. We've got <laughs> yeah, Treasure <laughs> Planet
0: versus Lilo and Stitch. I do love this poster for Lilo and Stitch, by the way, where they just have Stitch and a dog tag and all the Disney characters looking at him like in disgust
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm really torn with this one because I love Treasure Planet and I love Treasure Planet purely because of the animation style the way they kind of like revolutionized I feel like that mix between CGI and 2D I think that Lilo and
0: Stitch takes this.
2: The trailer for uh, Treasure, Treasure Planet is better than the actual movie, I think. Definitely.
0: Also, we were talking with uh, Jimmy Neutron about the the show that followed that movie, and I think the show that followed Lilo and Stitch is super underrate, underrated, and it spawned a bunch of TV movies as well. I mean, Lilo and Stitch, I think is what carried disney through one of its darkest ages in terms of animation and and putting out high quality feature films uh the the relationship between lilo and stitch is so strong and that same kind of uh presence of found family that appears in a lot of pixar movies is what carried lilo and stitch to
2: to being the success that it was
1: you know what treasure planet reminds me of it reminds me of uh john carter
2: but i will say if they ever wanted to try a live action Treasure Planet, go for it. Yeah, run that shit up.
1: I'm here for it. I'll pay will f- I'll watch that in theaters, unlike I did Dune, which I watched on HBO because I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We are now moving on to a very underwater uh, aquatic pairing, if you will. We're going for a swim. Yeah, we've got Finding Nemo up against Shark Tale here. I will say Martin Scorsese is associated with one of these movies.
1: (laughs) I feel like Nemo is the better movie, but I'm going to put my chips in Shark Tale's court because A, I believe that Nemo is going to lose very soon anyways, but B... I enjoy, if I had to pick one of these movies to watch right now, I would rather watch Shark Tale. I enjoy watching Shark Tale, even though it's objectively not as good of a movie, so I'm picking Shark Tale. Because I, uh, I I love it, and I love Will Smith, and I love Scorsese.
2: I think Shark Tale is the more fun movie, for sure. Both of these movies were way too high on Jory's uh, respected rankings, I remember. <laughs>
0: I don't love Finding Nemo as much as the early, uh, the the other early Pixar films. Uh, I I think that it, its animation is great and what it did for like, uh, I guess like underwater uh, animation and stuff like that. Like looking at these movies, that <laughs> there's a big difference in animation quality between Finding Nemo and Shark Tale. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the story, I, I think that Shark Tale's a lot of fun. Like, it, it's kind of just like a, like a live-action kind of crime movie. It's like Underwater Uncut Gems or Good Time or some shit like that. <laughs> there's, like, there's the mafia with the sharks. There's, like, the fucking Pufferfish who's in cahoots with them, who's like, you know, uh, laundering money through his car wash. There, it's like a gritty crime movie about this guy who apparently killed a mafia member and uh, gets intertwined in it all. It's 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 out there and it's Wild, Finding Nemo is like a, oh, gotta find my son type road trip movie with a really annoying supporting character voiced by Alan DeGeneres.
1: That's what I like about it. That's what I like, because Finding Nemo feels very cookie cutter and basic. It feels very like Even if you've never seen the movie before, like I remember watching it as a kid, it feels like something like you have seen before. Not to say that it was bad. You know, there's a lot of good sequences. My favorite is with the submarine and the sharks.
0: Yeah, actually, I think the Safdie brothers need to
3: remake Shark Tale, (laughs) like live action remake. (laughs) If they do that, though, they need the
2: floor to ceiling lava lamp that's in his apartment. True.
3: I want one. I want one of those.
2: I do, too. All right, fuck it shark Tale. i mean i'd like to point out i wasn't gonna vote for shark Tale. uh i was
1: okay that's three to that's three to one unless nate changed unless nate was actually going for nemo
2: at least it's on the record i didn't we've got the triplets of
0: belleville versus brother bear have any of you guys seen the triplets of belleville mm-hmm, no it's a cool little uh, British-French animated movie. It's, it's a pretty simplistic, like, coming-of-age story about this, like, uh, impoverished family that get to go see this, like, uh, music group that they really like for the first time and become friends with them. It's funny, it's lighthearted, it's a cute movie. The animation's nothing fancy, and I think it's I think it's based off of, like, a children's book or something like that.
1: I disagree um, incredibly. So I've I've seen Brother Bear. I've, I've never liked it. I watched it as a kid. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Like it then. I actually took the time because I was like, oh shit, there's some movies on this list that I haven't seen, so I watched uh, Triplets of Belleville at work today. I had it playing on my desk while I was making phone calls and sending emails. Almost the whole movie takes place without audio, and I had an AirPod in so I could listen to what audio there was. Almost the whole movie takes place and you can watch it silently where you can understand what's going on without the audio. And I disagree wholeheartedly where the the animation is nothing simple. Some of the backgrounds they have, like some of the background matte paintings, are fucking incredible. They rival movies of this day. I, I believe Triple to Belleville deserves this over Brother Bear. I think Brother Bear, the only thing it has going for it is, uh, tell everybody I'm on my way. <laughs> I
0: was about to say, the, the, the Phil Collins reprisal from Tarzan, like, this is like the B-sides
3: Tarzan. Like... Hold on, I need to watch a trailer for the triplets. Um... I was looking at some still shots of it just now, and it's heavily stylized like a book would be. So to see this animated. I mean, I I miss 2D animated movies like both of these and
0: Brother Bear I didn't like as a kid and I like a little bit more now as an adult. But uh, Triplets of Belleville, I think is like a really good coming of age story. I think it's really cute. There's nothing about it that I think is like transcendent, but I I think it could beat a movie like Brother Bear. I mean, it's like number seven in my movies of the post-Renaissance. Alden.
1: Alden or Josh, what do you think of these movies? Like, I don't I don't like Brother Bear at all. I, I would love to hear an argument for how it's good, because I don't like it.
3: Brother Bear was definitely one of those, like, big part of my childhood movies. But also, it's not aged with me. I don't know. I think it's pretty good, but it's not... I might not be picking it here.
0: Josh, what's your take? I know you simp for Joaquin Phoenix in this movie, or more importantly, the interviews for this movie. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess Triplets of Belleville is moving on.
3: Yeah, I am I think I'm on the, the side of Triplets.
2: Just want to say, I didn't see the other movie. It sounds cool. Brother Bear, I always had a connection with because it's a sibling-like story because I am an older brother, but I understand.
0: <laughs> okay. Are you warmed up? Are you ready to
2: go now? Oh, uh, I knew this was the next one. Oh, no. Let me open my drink. <laughs> All right, here it is. The Incredibles versus Shrek 2. The bloodbath begins, friends. The bloodbath begins.
1: Okay. I feel like... Oh, okay. Josh,
3: go ahead.
2: I I actually was just going to say I want to hear literally everyone else on this.
3: Wait, no, but I want to do that. Secula, you start. Oh, Alden, you go. Well, I'm just going to go out the bat. I'm voting for Shrek 2 here. Uh, the Incredibles is my favorite Pixar movie. In terms of like watching either of these with family and extended family, I've seen The Incredibles more. I think the first movie I watched on like an HD TV when those were first happening was The Incredibles.
2: That's a flex. What are the themes of, uh, Shrek 2 Alden that could outweigh the th- the themes of family in the Incredibles
3: Shrek 2 has a ton of themes of family what there's like three different families that Shrek is a part of in this movie it's about two families merging
2: I feel like the theming for Shrek 2 is in family though I feel like the feeling is like uh, the theming is like acceptance and embracing who you are
3: that's one of them yes but I mean the Incredibles is a very like cliche family story even though they're all like supers. Shrek 2 has everyone that he kind of neglected and didn't like showing up at his house and whatever.
2: Uh and watching him on nights getting arrested. It's close, but I think Shrek 2 is the funnier movie if if I just want to point that out.
3: Oh, definitely.
1: If we're talking about humor, that's the case.
3: Yeah, but I mean, like you've got the you've got Shrek's family of other fairy tale uh characters and then you have Fiona's family That he's kind of joining into, except obviously there's issues there. And I think it's a lot more interesting to follow like the betrayal and then redemption of Fiona's dad.
0: I think for me, what this kind of comes down to is uh, like the, the raw entertainment value for me I mean, Shrek 2 is probably the one that I would like turn on. But in terms of like what I appreciate about these movies, uh, Shrek 2 is, I, I just don't care for the story as much as the first Shrek. I, I think it, it starts to become its own thing and less of a a spoof of fairy tales. And I think that that's, I think that that's a good thing. I think that, that that's why Shrek became as popular and as wide known and as culturally impactful as it did. When I look at, superhero movies of the early 2000s. The two standouts for me are Spider-Man 2 and The Incredibles. And I think that The Incredibles does such a strong job still to this day of standing out stylistically now that we're way oversaturated with superhero movies. I think that the 60s jazz score is fucking incredible. It, it's probably some of the best music ever
2: put in a Pixar film. I think it's great how creative the opening to that movie is. We're, we were talking about opening intros to movies a couple of weeks ago and this one I think is severely underrated. I I wholeheartedly agree.
1: Trouble with this is that you're putting one of the best like comedy animated movies of the early 2000s up against the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. I I'm I'm, I'm going to put my foot in the Incredibles camp if anybody wants to join me cuz I, I I if I had to, if I had both of these in front of me to watch, I would rather watch Incredibles. I've seen it probably the same amount of times as Shrek 2 and I like Shrek 2 for what it is. And I would like Shrek 2 to move on.
0: Yeah, if we were talking franchises, I'd pick Shrek over Incredibles in a heartbeat. But if we're talking these isolated movies, it's Incredibles for me.
1: I, I think so. And the problem is with picking Incredibles is that I know that Incredibles is going to lose faster in the long run of this bracket but the problem is, is that these two movies are seated against each other up front. And, and, and Incredibles, I think, beats Shrek 2, but Shrek 2 beats a bunch of other movies that
2: are coming up. Both of these have a great ensemble. They both have an iconic villain. They both have an awesome climax. Honestly, okay, the Shrek 2 climax might be better.
1: I agree. The Shrek 2 climax is better than the Incredibles climax.
2: Once we get to the giant robot in Incredibles, it's great, but we know, I mean, what's going to happen. The Shrek 2 climax, it's like... Well, there's so many things going on that as rick mccallen would say it's so it's so dense
1: syndrome is a better villain though than the the fairy godmother
3: You take that back right now. Uh Uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh. Syndrome's a better villain. Syndrome in no way even compares to Fairy Godmother. Syndrome was such a
1: good villain that Iron Man 3 stole Syndrome.
3: He's got a point there. I mean, I guess, but that's a Marvel movie. It's just Disney taking another Disney property. It was a lack of effort on their part, not because it was a great villain.
1: It's one of the most popular movie franchises on Earth. And, they, and I know that they own the... So is Shrek, and it has four movies where only two of them are good. And like Nate was talking about, the score is incredible. The intro is so creative. It has that uh, quality of like Batman the Animated Series where it's like timeless. Like it's in this weird 60s uh, unknowable midground.
3: I do really appreciate the 60s like stylization of the world they're in. But the music, like Shrek 2... Uh,
2: You know what I don't like about Shrek 2 upon rewatch? The lack of, like, Fiona, like, doing anything.
3: Yeah. Well, I think the first movie was more of her story, and the second one is more of a Shrek story. No.
2: She was pretty much, though, a damsel in distress by the climax, and that does kind of bug me. Especially in the first movie... Uh, In the first movie, I guess, by the end, she's kind of in distress, but she, she still kicks ass. And in the third movie, she all teams up with all the princes or whatever, but in this movie, she doesn't really do much.
3: In this movie, she breaks Prince Charming's nose.
2: Yeah, at the very, very end. There's a whole, like, hour and a half of Fiona just, like, hanging out in the castle and being sad, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's one thing I, I have to give the point to Incredibles for. Every single major character in this movie is a fully fleshed-out three-dimensional character. Uh, every single member of the family has their own side plot or arc that comes full circle by the end of the movie. You want to talk about a supporting uh like character in the movie that is strong and is an incredibly realistic take on a like on a mother that happens to also be a super uh like a superhero, like Mrs. Incredible is honestly one of the best Pixar characters, in my opinion, because we see her at the beginning in the intro when they're doing the documentary like interview things, and she's all like strong and independent, and because of the fact that this whole superhero band thing happens, she's stuck to being this stay-at-home mom, and like she just doesn't like that. And when she gets the opportunity to put on a mask and a suit again to save her husband, she, she becomes a fucking badass. And that's all, like, not explicit storytelling. Like, every single character in this movie moves on their own momentum and it works. In Shrek 2, half of the characters are in the movie because they're in the first one and it'd be funny to have them come back. The only character that's added to this movie that gets depth added to them is Fiona's dad.
2: Yeah. And of Boots.
0: And Fairy Godmother. There's not really much depth to Fairy Godmother. I think she's a better villain and I think she rocks, but there's not a ton of depth
3: there. No, 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 no. She, she is literally trying to plan out an entire life for her son by manipulating another family. She is running a potions factory where she doesn't even give, like... She's a Kardashian. ...rights to her workers.
2: You mean dental insurance?
3: Yes, they don't even have dental. There is not a single
1: scene in Trek 2 that rivals the one in Incredibles. When Bob comes home from that burning building scene, which also is fucking incredible. When he comes home from the burning building scene... And you have that entire sequence where they're arguing about what it means to like, you know, have superpowers and what it is. And it's like, they should let Dash compete in sports. And they're talking to, and she's like, no, you're talking about you. You're not talking about Dash. And they have that whole exchange and they're like, okay, Violet and Dash come out. We know you're there. That nothing in Shrek 2 rivals that scene at all. Not even close.
2: I like the brownie in that scene.
3: <laughs> the brownie is great. The brownie was...
2: Yeah, dude, that brownie looks fire.
3: It doesn't necessarily compare, but Shrek's entire issue where he's trying to... Well, when he then comes up with stealing a potion from Fairy Godmother. That's a good scene. Yeah, I feel like his is reflection on himself is not bad at all
2: pretty bold of the movie to have the entire third act like not have shrek look like himself right
3: yeah let's
1: let's all be honest human shrek was pretty hot yeah but i
3: think shrek shrek is probably better you think regular Shrek is hotter than human Shrek? Human Shrek looks awkward, dude. Hell yeah. Shrek is love. <laughs> Shrek is life. <laughs> All right, but Ogre Fiona or Human Fiona? Human Fiona, easily. I'm sorry, I'm not attracted to ogres. I can't do it. That's the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. I can understand Human Shrek, but Human Fiona, nah. Human Fiona just looks like any standard like Hollywood actress. I
1: think
0: that's the problem. I think it was pretty bold of Pixar to make the movie Incredibles uh, because, like it, they their character their human characters in other movies look like absolute dog shit. <laughs> the first Toy Story, dude, the characters, the human characters look terrible. They look like the baby from Ice Age. They don't look much better in Finding Nemo, in my opinion. And then Incredibles comes around and they give them this like, ca- like, uh, like caricatured. Uh, uh, like look to them, but the way that the, the mouths and the body parts all move, it works like so well. And it's so much different than everything else in the early Pixar camp. Like it, it is a superhero movie and it feels more like a comic book. And it's not even based off of one. It's all an original IP. And this is what the superhero genre needs more of. It's definitely not Fantastic Four. All right. I'm
1: on Team Incredibles. Same. I'm um, Incredibles all the way.
3: Oh man, I'm Shrek 2. Uh, uh Accidentally in Love
2: does have a really good soundtrack, but the score for Incredibles is also really good.
3: Yes, the score for Incredibles is really good, but the only thing that would be memorable from it is like the main theme. Every other song in there is not necessarily something you'd necessarily recognize.
2: I disagree with that.
3: But you have you have the entire Shrek 2 soundtrack. You have Accidentally in Love, which is an original song for the movie. Fairy Godmother covering, holding out for a hero. There it is. Which is great. Yes. That entire scene is fantastic. It, it, it Josh, if you, it, like it's up to you. You can choose
1: Incredibles, and, and we'll move Incredibles on. Or you can choose Shrek 2, and then we have to figure out how to how to split this correctly
2: yeah i i feel like i gotta vote incredibles here i just don't know if there's a fight for shrek 2 personally these movies are very even for me i love both of these movies but uh, the the incredibles i mean we we brought up so many good points i just i i don't know i these movies could straight up be the finals
1: (laughs) They could be. That's why it's crazy that this is is the first matchup. That's why I was upset.
0: All right, everyone, calm down. We're moving on to Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit versus uh, Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. I don't
1: believe this one's a competition. I don't like Corpse Bride at all. I I like Tim Burton animated movies. I don't like this one. I don't think it's fun to watch. I'm not interested in it, and I've seen it a few times. I don't. Actually, Aaron put it on recently.
3: I don't like it. Does Aaron like it? Get Aaron in here.
1: Aaron, get in here. We want your opinion on Corpse Bride.
3: Uh, While Josh was deciding which movie to pick, I took a BuzzFeed quiz of uh, what Shrek 2 character I am, and I got Shrek. I got Gromit.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I think it depends, because if, if you're, like fucking emo like I am then obviously Corpse Bride is a win because it's about a dead chick coming back to life and falling in love with like this little twink ass boy A, <laughs>
1: Chalamet. a Chalamet if you will But
4: I mean if, if you're more into like comedy then obviously Curse of the Were-Rabbit but it also depends on art style because Corpse Bride is a lot more like gothic Curse of the Were-Rabbit is more like you
2: know, British. <laughs>
4: yeah, British. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
0: uh, I think I think we got a vote for Corpse Bride and a vote for Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the were Rabbit out of the uh the Secula and Aaron uh, apartment. Josh
3: Alden, where where are you guys? I'm I'm still trying to decide. I'm not really sure.
2: I was rewatching a portion of *Corpse Bride* uh, not uh, recently, actually, and I forgot how cool like some of the animation really is. <laughs> to me, a lot of it is on par with like *Nightmare Before Christmas*, and I think the aesthetic of it is really cool. Big Johnny Depp fan, uh, so that's always a plus. But Wallace and Gromit, I think, is really entertaining. Um, it was really high. It was really high on my DreamWorks ranking. I think it's gonna come down to personal tastes for me. I mean, Tim Burns like one of my favorite directors. I, I I think I might go with Corpse Bride actually, which might be the hot take. Wow. Yeah,
4: I gotta go. With, I gotta go with him. I gotta
1: go with Corpse Bride. So are we honestly, do, are we doing a five way vote on this
2: one?
0: Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like it. Yeah. And I think we've got the votes casted for everyone but me and Alden. Alden, have
3: you made up your mind yet? I think so. I, when I when we first got here, I was leaning more towards Curse of the Were-Rabbit, but I, I do prefer the stylization of Corpse Bride than British.
0: I, I like Wallace and Gromit a lot, but I think my favorite Wallace and Gromit source material is, is like the, the show in the shorter animated stuff that came out before this movie. I think this movie is fine. And I, I actually I think it has a lot of great moments, but I, I don't really care much for the like the third act. Uh, I think it kind of like falls apart a little bit in the same way some of the lesser other DreamWorks produced movies do. Uh, I don't love Corpse Bride that much but I do think the animation style the gothic imagery, it's all there. Um, As a kid, I guess I had a bad experience watching Corpse Bride for the first time because I was under the impression that was the Nightmare Before Christmas and I was lied to. And so I just thought that the Corpse Bride was the Nightmare Before Christmas for like, I don't know, probably four years. So that sucked.
2: (laughs) The
4: the guy, I forget his fucking name in Corpse Bride, um, is the perfect mix between Johnny Depp and Timothy Chalamet that we all needed. So <laughs> that's my that's my take on that.
1: Okay, well and this is why Aaron is not a host on Duel of the Takes. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Thank you for your input, Aaron. We've gone through this side of the bracket once. It's time to go through it again. I would say this is a speed round, but there's no way in hell I'm speed running this. We've got got
2: Shrek versus Monsters, Inc. up first. These are two of the best animated duos going at it. Absolutely. This is actually like... A debate i think that this is
0: a harder fight than shrek 2 and incredibles personally
3: i hate you
1: i think that the original shrek is amazing i think it's a great movie and i know that it's a shit take on fucking uh disney but i think that if you look at these two movies monsters inc's a better one i think that i'm not gonna lose sleep over this one because i love these both movies but i i i believe monsters inc is better i love shrek i really do monsters inc i think is better though
0: the older I get, like the first Shrek to me is is still fun, but it doesn't like it doesn't continue to grow uh, in, in appreciation and in love for me. And every time I watch Monsters, Inc. again, I'm like, holy cow, this movie is just absolutely incredible. And I uh, I'm leaning toward Monsters, Inc., but I think I could be swayed because I think the impact of Shrek is gigantic. Yeah,
1: it's undeniable. Shrek has that staying power. I mean it's it's literally grown into a world of its own beside the movies like if you want to talk about like memes and pop culture like it shrek is its own thing monsters inc has kind of remained this like beloved pixar movie
2: i think both of these movies uh did really well at creating their like universes they feel like big and alive especially uh monsters inc where it's kind of more of Almost a contained story, like a whole like city's powers on the line, but it's all in that factory. While Shrek, you're traveling through these uh, different locations like the Dragon's Lair or Farquaad's Castle and all that. For me, it just comes down to, like, I think Shrek would win in the pure entertainment. But if we're talking about the chemistry with the cast and uh, the theming, the plot, uh, the villain, uh, I think... Um, uh, water, water... noose. Yeah. I'll kidnap a thousand
0: children before I let this company die. I won't have it!
2: <laughs> <laughs> it might be Monsters, Inc., but at the same time, Farquaad's really iconic, but I actually don't think Farquaad's the best Shrek villain, though. We, I think Fairy Godmother's actually better, going back to the Shrek 2 debate.
3: And you think Syndrome is better than her?
2: Yeah, it's played by my guy, Jason Lee, of course. Bruh. I got to make a list of just like my guys who are the actors that I'm just always cheering for. (laughs) Uh, Coming in season three, Josh is my guy (laughs) to (laughs) your list.
0: Like I said, I could be persuaded, Alden.
3: My my fight was Shrek 2 and it didn't matter, so I don't care right now. The
0: whole reason Duel of the Takes is still going for you to appreciate the first Shrek more than Shrek 2, Alden.
3: Why should I? Fairy Godmother is not in Shrek. She's only in Shrek 2.
2: We're going to be celebrating the 50th season of Duel the Takes, and Alden still won't admit it. I have
3: seen Shrek in Spanish, and I still don't appreciate it more than Shrek 2. Wait, have you seen Shrek 2 in Spanish, or just Shrek 1 in Spanish, and you're like, I still like... I've only seen Shrek 1 in Spanish, and it
2: was in Nate's apartment. Yeah, we all watched Shrek 2 in Spanish. <laughs> or Shrek 1. <laughs>
1: So you watch Shrek 1 in Spanish, and you're like, yeah, I still appreciate Shrek 2, even though it's not in Spanish. (laughs) Like, you'd have to watch both of them. (laughs) Like,
2: what? I gotta say, Puss in Boots is a lot better in Espanol.
3: It's the same actor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's crazy that Monsters, Inc. came out in November. Yeah, dude. It was Oscar bait.
1: It makes sense. It should have come out, like, around October, like, because it's a Halloween-y movie where it's, like, there's monsters in it, you know?
2: Yeah. Shrek did win it at the Academy. And Shrek should win it
3: again. Aaron just said Shrek again. (laughs) All right. Shrek is love.
0: Spirited away. Oh, no. Versus Lilo and Stitch.
1: I don't think this one's a competition. I really think that, like, you know, I love Lilo and Stitch. And, you know, I don't think Spirited Away is even my favorite Ghibli movie, even a little bit. I do like Spirited Away more than I like Lilo and Stitch. And maybe that's a nostalgia thing, because I didn't... I, I love Lilo and Stitch now, but I didn't watch a whole lot of it as, in a, as a kid. My, my, my stance is in Spirited Away, and I'll argue that later if we need to get there. But that's where I'm at.
2: What's your fight here?
0: I was going to say, I think there's a lot of movies on this list that aim for the same kind of theme that Lilo and Stitch is going for. And I think Lilo and Stitch does it better than most. Um, but I I don't think there's another movie on this list, at least not one that's coming to my mind, that tackles the themes of death and the afterlife as effectively in a way that's approachable and acceptable for kids like Spirited Away does. I I think that the uh, fact that this was such a big hit in the United States and opened the door for other Ghibli movies to uh, get re-released and why they're still so celebrated, I think a lot of that comes from this movie. And up until earlier this year, where Spirited, Spirited Away was the most uh, uh, highest grossing movie in Japan. It had like a 20 year long impact of being uh, one of the greatest films in Japanese cinema history. And for that alone, I think Spirited Away can probably topple Lone Stitch, which I think is a solid A tier Disney movie. I think that Spirited Away has the bigger uh, cultural and societal impact. But again, it's one of the situations I could be persuaded. I grew up watching Lilo and Stitch the series. That was my Pokemon.
3: It was my Pokemon too. Lilo and Stitch is on my top 20 favorite movies, but I like even just looking at this poster. It's it, the Lilo and Stitch poster is cool and all, but She's standing with her parents. What
2: I like about Lilo and Stitch is uh, we talked about the found family theming, but it also has another really good sibling arc with uh, Lilo's older sister. And she's basically taking care of Lilo in that. And that's like a a thing Disney doesn't usually tackle is like siblings taking care of other siblings. Like those family situations do happen. Uh, I think it's cool. It takes place in Hawaii. Got a really cool setting. And like Nate said before, I branched out into, like, these TV shows and TV movies, the creativity they have put into these alien creatures. And that poster alone, they had so much confidence in this Stitch character to have him be there with the likes of the Genie, Beauty and the Beast, uh, and all the rest of the Disney legends there. And now, like, when you go to, like, the Disney parks and that, you're gonna see Stitch as much as you see, like, Mickey Mouse. Uh, Stitch has become iconic.
3: I've seen a lot of Stitch tattoos. Same. Same.
1: I I don't think that Stitch moves on this round, and I just think that it's not even... It's one of those things where I don't even think that it really has, like, anything to do with... The quality of either of these movies, I think both of them are very solid movies. I don't think that you could, because they're both trying to do different things and they neither of them fail at the thing that they're trying to do. I just think that Spirited Away has much more of a uh, an impact both globally, but as well as like emotionally. If you watch both of these back to back, I think that most people will find that spirited away is a much more emotional story it's a much more of a impactful one spirited away is not going to win in a in a ghibli movie bracket but it is going to i believe it should win in a bracket such as this
2: but if we're talking animated movies, the uh, this is the post-Renaissance era of Disney and the Lilo and Stitch anime was almost pretty much the peak of 2D animation. I think this one in Princess and the Frog is top-tier animation of that era.
1: Like, this whole entire bracket is a very cutthroat and hard bracket because choosing between some of these movies that get pitted against each other is absolutely brutal. Like, it's not hard to choose between Spirited Away and Spirit.
0: Alright, Alden, uh, did you pick between the two yet
3: i'm trying to just keep a count here no but i'm pretty sure i'm on the side of spirited away i would also like to point out the english dub of spirited away has the same voice actor as lila (laughs) (laughs) she she was busy this year yeah I,
0: i think that's i think that's three to one spirited away is gonna move on Shark Tale versus the Triplets of Belleville. This is probably the weirdest seating so far. I didn't expect it to be this. I think if I were to have a movie night and I had to show someone one of these movies for the first time ever, I think I'd have a lot more fun watching Shark Tale with a friend than I would the Triplets of Belleville. But I do think I do think that uh, from an artistic standpoint, the Triplets of Belleville uh, uh, accomplishes a lot more, and uh, Shark Tale's is just a little bit more fun. We're talking about early 2000s childhood favorites animated movies and I did not watch the triplets of Belleville as a child
1: in the context of best animated picture nominations okay I think that because I watched triplets of Belleville today okay for the first time I've watched Shark Tale many times I think that Shark Tale should move on I don't think that Shark Tale is gonna get any further than the next round.
0: No, I, I think I think you're right. I think I think that was a good take. I, I think Shark Tale should move
2: on. It's totally consistent with the rest of this bracket. If it was up to me, it'd be Finding Nemo versus Brother Bear right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be a competition though. Finding Nemo destroys Brother Bear.
0: All right, which one of these movies is beating Shark Tale next round?
1: Incredibles.
0: The Incredibles.
2: <laughs> sorry, Corpse Bride. I would I would need I would need Aaron to give me like a million dollar pitch.
1: Do you do you want that? Because we can go back for that.
2: No, we're good.
0: Shrek versus Spirited Away. This is this is for the final four. This is for This is tough. This is very tough. I'm just gonna say it outright. Shrek is my favorite DreamWorks movie, or at least one of my favorite DreamWorks movies. Uh, Spirited Away's top three or four Ghibli movies for me and for that alone again you can't stop Shrek. The cultural relevancy and impact of this movie in not only American but foreign box offices is incredible. Spirited Away was a cool breakout but I feel like it's relevancy now, 20 something years removed, isn't as strong as that of Shrek's. And in terms of entertainment value, I don't know a single person that wouldn't sit through Shrek. It's 90 minutes, it's full of laughs, Great voice acting.
3: Can say in terms of dubs, the Spanish dub for Shrek is pretty good. It's Fuego.
1: (laughs) I think that Shrek should move on. I love Spirited Away. I really do. But it's, you said it was in your top five. It's in my like top eight. Um, It's as far as like uh, Ghibli movies, it's, it's not even, like, my favorite at all.
0: It's not even close. Uh, I know I know where Josh stands. Uh, Alden, do you like the original Shrek more than
3: Spirited Away? I think I do, but more importantly, I'm voting Shrek in the spirit of Shrek
2: 2. That's fine. <laughs> That's what I expected. Somebody. All
0: right,
3: Shark Tale versus The Incredibles. Uh, Speed round? <laughs> It's Incredibles, right? I mean, I want to argue Shark Tale because of the floor-to-ceiling lava lamp, but I don't think that's strong enough to compete with the entire movie of The Incredibles. (laughs) (laughs) Edna Mode's house is just way cooler than that floor-to-ceiling lava lamp.
1: You're right. Does anybody have an argument for Shark Tale at all?
2: I don't think so. I don't think so.
3: Shrek versus Incredibles, though. This is tough. have not moved. My stance is the same.
2: Is this where Aldi gets his revenge?
0: So these are both in the final four. This is for the winner of the left side of the bracket, Shrek
3: or The Incredibles. Well, okay, here's where I, like, expect. The Incredibles is, like, not at least Nate's favorite Pixar movie, but I'm pretty sure Shrek was his favorite DreamWorks movie. So I I know Nate will be on the Shrek side. I can't remember what Josh's favorite Pixar movie was. Well,
2: but I think there's more great pixar movies than there are great dreamworks movies i feel like the top five pixar like equals like one like shrek movie
3: so you're saying shrek is as good as five pixar movies combined
2: no i'm saying the top five pixar movies are probably better than shrek i
3: disagree but i mean top three top two maybe but also, uh, Shrek 2 is better. so Incredibles does not stand a chance against whatever comes
1: up on the right side of this bracket. I think that Shrek has to move on because it will at least be a rival. To whatever comes out. Because
0: I've i done this bracket multiple times today at work. You're like Doctor Strange. You've been to like, you know, 24.86 timelines. And you're like... Literally. I've, I've, <laughs> I've
1: seen all the potential futures. And honestly, actually, in all the potential futures that I predicted, Shrek was not the one in this final bracket. But it was close. I, I think that comparing these two movies, I would pick Incredibles. But if, if I'm talking about what should contend against the rest of this bracket, I don't think that Incredibles holds a candle.
0: Here's where I kind of stand on this debate. I think that uh, The Incredibles is... uh masterfully made in its in its presentation and in its uh in its characters and all of that is is very very rich i i love the opening with like the the interview and like that documentary type of feel and then there's there's story uh beats and transitions that are presented in in different styles even the credits of this movie have a different animation style that's absolutely uh beautiful and breathtaking with its minimalist design and i think that if i was going based Based off of the quality of movie alone, I think Incredibles is the better movie, but Shrek is a film that completely thrives off of its simplicity. And I think it's the reason why I kind of want to go with Shrek here over the Incredibles is because of how much of an impact it made in the landscape of the rest of these movies. Being the first animated feature W. And that not being Disney, that whole category was created because Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture. It took eight years of Academy voting to finally put it into place, but... It was set up for Monsters, Inc. to be the big W of of that that year, and Shrek being the ultimate upsetter, it, it it absolutely provided a challenge to Pixar, and I don't think Pixar would have pushed themselves as hard as they did creatively to make a movie like The Incredibles if it weren't for Shrek and it weren't for DreamWorks committing so hard to this new format. For me, it's Shrek here. That's a good-ass take. Honestly, that that you're saying that Incredibles was caused
1: by
3: Shrek basically, that's a That's a good-ass take. To some capacity. Uh, I would also like to point out that Shrek had a green VHS tape when Incredibles just had a normal, boring VHS tape. (laughs) Yeah, Rugrats (laughs) in Paris had an orange one, and that shit slapped. Dude, that's what I'm saying. With $30 million extra added onto a budget, you'd think the Incredibles could have a red VHS tape or something.
2: I'm actually leaning towards Incredibles because... So we talked about... All through this bracket of the different themes of some of these movies have right, and there's we've talked about sibling themes or relationships like Shrek and Fiona and Shrek and Donkey. Incredibles has like five different like themes about family, and they all work, or they have a theme of. Maybe Syndrome is almost like a found fam- a potential found family theming, like Lilo and Stitch, but it's a failed found family. He sees Mr. Incredible as probably kind of like a father figure somebody looks up to and he gets shut down. It's kind of the whole don't meet your heroes type theming, and I, it all just works. Even the tiniest things. We have one scene with Frozone and his wife, and we don't even see, and it's iconic. Yeah, and like we mentioned before, the timeless uh, aesthetic of this movie, that it kind Kind of takes place in the 60s, but it could kind of take place whenever Um, the way Mr. Incredibles is like feeling nostalgic, wants to relive the good old days and the the whole overarching theme of that of superheroes being banned right off the bat, like the first act of this movie you're just like where where do we go from here the movie starts out like oh this might be the whole movie and then they hit you with that turn like if you didn't see a trailer for this movie you think the movie's just about like mr incredible and elastic the incredibles does what captain america civil war tried to do and pretty much had a bro moment about it There, where captain america civil war had like one scene about it and the incredibles the whole the whole superhero band like there you saw all the effects of it where in the mcu you saw the the bare minimum effects of it and the incredibles did all of that in one movie it's pretty phenomenal
3: all right counterpoint uh there was a fairy tale character ban and you definitely saw the effects of that that is what kicked off the entire story of shrek
1: (laughs) i'm i'm being close to being swayed to incredibles honestly like i i I was full in Shrek camp, but that was a great argument.
0: I fully acknowledge that, that Incredibles has the better um, the better characters and perhaps even the better story and setting. And like I said, my, my whole opinion on Shrek is how much it thrives on simplicity. Exactly. These early Pixar movies felt the need to up themselves over and over and over again in some capacity or another, and I think that The Incredibles is a a byproduct of that formula. And I also think selecting Brad Bird as the director was a fantastic fucking choice after the runaway success and cult following that the Iron Giant has. But I do think uh, being this satire of, of the Disney machine that produced movies like The Incredibles, Shrek is biting. Shrek is uh, incredibly... Uh, effective and also extremely marketable. I mean, like even today, if I were to go into the Dollar General at the end of my street, there's still fucking Shrek birthday party balloons for kids' birthdays. I think I'd be I'd I think I'd have a harder time finding an Incredibles one, and a movie in this franchise came out fucking three or four years ago.
2: I'm afraid to bring up the sequel, but the anticipation of the sequel, the fact that it was over a decade later, and we all were still excited. Nay, we went opening night, and why did we do that? The effect of what the the original movie lasted for us.
0: I nearly died to see the follow up to the Incredibles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like Shrek 5 would probably be a, such a meme movie for us, but the Shrek Shrek has been so a, oversaturated, would we actually care like quality wise? Would we actually give a shit or are we just going for the meme at this point?
1: I don't I don't think it's for the meme.
0: I think *Incredibles 2* was just as disappointing as *Shrek 3*, so I, I think they're on an even playing
3: field for me. I disagree.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. That's a
3: <laughs> Bruh. You literally hate Ogre Fiona.
2: If you rewatch, if you rewatch *Shrek 3* and then watch *Incredibles 2* right after, there's a big gap in quality. I'm <laughs> sure
0: yeah I think there's I think there's two scenes in particular that tie into the incredible stylization that make it the stronger movie for me Uh, the first of which is the Edna mode no cape sequence where you see this montage of superheroes just getting absolutely obliterated because they decided (laughs) to have a stupid fucking cape yeah and I think it's great and I think that that is one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie and rivals that of some of the uh, biting satire that is within Shrek and my favorite scene in the entire movie is when uh, Mr. Incredible is in Syndrome's lair and he he hacks into the computer system and then he's just looking at all of his friends. All the heroes that he is nostalgic for have all been eliminated. Some of them got through one of the evil fucking robot things, but most of them just got absolutely eliminated. And I think that the way that that's, that's presented, it, it, it's still safe for kids. I didn't really catch the impact of that my first watch when I saw this in theaters. But uh, as, as an adult, you understand why Mr. Incredible is so glum and so uh, down in the dumps. When his family comes to save him, he immediately lights back up and is back to being Mr. Incredible. And that to me works stronger thematically than anything in Shrek. Uh, I I do think Shrek coming to terms with his identity and being okay with who he is is awesome. I also think that that the better part of that movie is in Fiona doing the same. But yeah, I mean, I think that Incredibles is the better movie. I just think that Shrek uh, did more for the industry and really pushed Pixar to become what they became. Staying
1: power-wise, Shrek should win this.
2: All right, Alden, Josh, where are you guys? Uh green is better than red. I mean, I I mean I'll go with track to just break the tie. Aw,
0: oh, damn. Okay. Here we go.
2: We move on
0: to Howl's Moving Castle up against Monster House. Uh, I learned in making this bracket that Monster House got an Academy Award nomination.
3: Uh it's well deserved. Basketball scene alone. The basketball scene. Can I just say that
1: this is a fucking hilarious bracket matchup at one moving house against another? I, I love both of these movies. I think both of them are great. The I mean Even look at the posters. Both of them have a moving house with red text. I'm going to put my fucking foot in the Howl's Moving Castle camp. Howl's Moving Castle is in my top three of all Ghibli movies. I love this movie.
0: It was my favorite Ghibli movie as a kid, and for that alone, I fucking hated Monster House when I first saw it. Wow. I like it a little bit more now, but I still don't really like it that much. Howl's Moving Castle is also a movie that I liked more as a... Uh, is, is it the opposite? I liked it more as a kid. I don't think it's held up as as well as some of the other Ghibli movies, but I think it is... The one I'd rather watch between these two.
2: Monster Monster House. Man, I, <laughs> this is actually me, really
3: difficult for me. I, I love Monster House and its absurdity. I love the fact that um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it. Uh, fucking Steve Buscemi, too. Oh, and uh, Mitchell Musso, as well as Dan Harmon creating it. I don't know. I'm kind of comparing the basketball scene alone to the entirety of Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> So, I I think I have to go with Howls.
2: What's weird about Monster House is it could only be made like in that era it was this was like the awkward transition point between 2d and 3d and it really shows in monster house jason lee's in this yes i think he's the pizza guy
3: oh nick cannon was the
2: cop that got (laughs) so it's kevin james yeah the cast is stacked yeah my
1: votes for monster house so we have two votes for monster house am i right
2: yep yeah josh and alden
0: and you and me are on team howl Uh, I rewatched Monster House about a week ago with Nick and John because it was spooky enough for Halloween, I guess. And, eh, I don't know. What's your favorite element of Howl's Moving Castle? Because what I really liked about it as a kid was just the visuals and, like, the the kineticness to it. I don't really like Howl as a character now. Yeah. Uh, I like his, like, whimsical nature and things, but he's kind of, like kind of a dick, kind of an edgelord, and doesn't really learn from his ways by the end of the movie, which is weird, because most of these other movies, the main character or one of the major supporting characters, like, learns a lesson from their mistakes, and uh, in this, he just feels like a whimsical douchebag, and that's, that's it.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much my problem with it. Like, I still love the movie and all, but it just felt wrong. The characters didn't feel like they were having real reactions to any of the situations how as as an example because you said you don't feel like he
1: grew as a character i disagree i think he grew as a character i think you have sophie who first of all is going through all of this trouble she turns into an old woman and she has to deal with that and she actually deals with it really well and how is this angsty dumbass piece of shit little bitch who cannot deal with the situation he's in and 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 you know, he has a fucking tantrum. He throws slime all over the floor because he's losing his mind because Sophie decided
0: to clean his bathroom. All right, for the sake of brevity, I I don't know. Monster House might be the more iconic movie for our generation. No,
1: no. Let me finish. Let me, okay, if we're going to... All
0: right, all right. Continue dueling of the take.
1: If we're going to pick Howl's Moving Castle, that's fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but I prefer the other movie. And... So let me just finish really quick.
0: Yeah, you got this.
1: Learn shit. You have the antagonist learning something. The antagonist learns that kids aren't bad, but... That doesn't change anything about our main characters who are just like whoa this house is fucking spooky.
2: I think the the slow reveal of what the monster house actually is I think is done really well. At least for like when I first watched it when I was a kid like I'm sure it's predictable now but but back then like it it was cool. It was a cool reveal.
1: I agree. I agree, that was a cool reveal. I, I did enjoy, I've enjoyed watching both of these movies. And Nate said he was, I think it was Nate? You said you were scared of watching Monster House when you were a kid?
0: Nah, I just didn't care for it. Like I, it, it was like spooky and like I got the environment, but like it just didn't like, it just didn't land for me. I think it was more of the art style than it was the movie itself. Like it just, it was like this awkward, uncanny, somewhat realistic looking, but also like totally cartoony. It just always rubbed me the wrong way. Like I, I didn't, didn't like it as as a kid. I saw it in theaters and stuff and I don't know. It was spooky, but it wasn't like t- traumatizing or anything.
1: That's fair. That's totally fair.
0: I mean, just from a visual standpoint, I think the animation Howl's Moving Castle is borderline breathtaking in certain scenes, whereas fucking Monster House, I guess yeah, there's the
3: basketball scene,
0: but the rest of that movie is fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel like that is a common thing with Ghibli movies, where it's an art piece over everything else. That's fair.
1: Wait, wait, so, where do we all sit on this? Let's just let's just be clear. I'm in I'm in Howl's Moving Castle's camp. I think that it's an incredible film.
3: Like, I get that and I appreciate that, but we already or we already had a uh, Billy Crystal movie lose. is is monster house a billy crystal movie (laughs) no howl's moving castle is no but i mean it's funny if i say it is because am i gonna say christian bale howl has like seven lines howl has way
1: more lines have you watched fucking howl's moving castle recently he has a lot of lines and he's like Two years ago, yeah. No, the English dub of Howl's Moving Castle is really good. She says she's not going to interfere, but she does have to leave the house because she's being too stressed out by the fact that Howl's Moving Castle might lose to this.
3: (laughs)
2: Might lose to Monster House, yeah. She's like the Eternals. She won't interfere.
0: (laughs) I I don't know. I have much more love for Howl's Moving Castle than I do Monster House. I'm in Howl's Moving Castle. Yep, same. Uh, Yeah. My vote's
3: for Monster House.
0: All right, we got Happy
3: Feet versus.
0: Surf's Up, a major ocean picture.
3: No, I'm sorry, George Miller, but Surf's Up is so much better than whatever you did in Happy Feet.
2: I'm not sorry, George Miller, you're a bit of a hack. I read that Justice League script, so I'm voting for Surf's Up. Surf's
1: Up is actually good. Surf's Up is actually good. Surf's Up's Kino. Surf's Up is fun. It's a good movie. I fucking love Shia LaBeouf.
0: Uh, Fun fact, the rendering engine that they used for Lion King 2019 is an updated version of the one that they used for Surf's Up. Bruh. That's hilarious. Surf's Up literally surfed so lion king 2019 could crawl
1: and so happy feet could fall on its fucking face
2: what was with the, what was with the movies about penguins in this era
0: march of the penguins documentary
2: came out everyone was fucking hype about penguins the the pittsburgh penguins won the stanley cup in 2009 too happy feet 2 is one of the worst sequels
0: ever made Um, Surf's Up is great. Surf's Up 2 is made by the WWE for some reason. (laughs) Yes.
1: I think that Surf's Up is amazing and that Happy Feet sucks shit. The only thing I like about Happy Feet is that it's like
3: an anti-Christian sort of animated movie. Here's the thing. Cars 2 marks the first Pixar film not to be nominated for an Oscar. (laughs)
0: Epic. Anyway, Cars versus Ratatouille here. throwback to
2: our Pixar list that started it all. Josh, take it away. Um, it's Ratatouille.
3: (laughs) That's it? That's all you got?
2: I feel like I'll need to dive in more when it goes up against a legit, like, threat. But right now, Cars is just... Okay, I'm a Cars... I am a Cars defender. I don't think Cars is that bad. I was happy to see it in the top 15 of our Pixar list and it didn't get shoved to, like, the bottom 10 or anything. Is it top 10 Pixar? No. I think it just came out in the golden era of Pixar, and that's why it gets so much hate because it is obviously the worst of the golden era, unless you're Alden and you think Bug's life is horrible.
3: It is. Alden,
0: I will kill you. Not only did Cars come out at the peak uh, of Pixar, it came out at the peak of NASCAR
2: as well. Yeah, I think cars is just a perfectly fine animated movie but it was under the umbrella of the studio that was making classics in that era if it came out like now it probably we probably would have just said that was pretty good and moved on
1: i think that the only reason cars has had like the longevity that it has is because it was a pixar movie
2: toys toys too
1: no if cars came out as as a as a dreamworks movie it would not even be close. It wouldn't even like we wouldn't even be comparing it to Ratatouille.
2: They tried with Turbo. And
1: Turbo sucked dog
0: shit. Turbo wasn't that bad. It's some it's a mess. Anyway, yeah, Ratatouille here. I I mean, I like cars a lot. Um I think it's actually it's, it's an all right movie, but Ratatouille at least tries to achieve something. Um, like, more cinematic, and I feel like Cars was really just made to sell toys. Yeah.
1: No, Ratatouille's a genuinely good movie. Cars is a mess.
3: Yeah, I have some Cars slander that I'd like to say. I I watched a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes things that came on the DVD or whatever. None of it really was interesting i feel like the engine swap idea that they had that was pretty nightmarish was a better plan than just hooking a trailer up to a race car to get him to repave a road and uh the car designs that they came up with like some are completely original some are just straight ripoffs. i don't know it just it feels like it was underdeveloped for a pixar movie
0: yeah, cause they—they they, I feel like they developed the setting pretty well. Yeah, Radiator
3: Springs is cool,
0: and I—that's actually my favorite scene in the movie is when they're going through the montage of like what that town used to be and what Route mm-hmm. sixty six yeah. used to be. Like that's the part of the movie that really like tonally resonates for me, um, because that's kind of the story of America
2: now, where like old school Americana is just dead and dying if it's not dead already. So are you saying Nate, you want you want to make America great again? <sighs>
0: <laughs> no. No, I, I think it's important to let the past die, but I do think that there's there's a different take on nostalgia presented in Cars than there are in other Pixar movies that have a similar theme or at least a similar hook, a similar premise. But at the end of the day, Cars is just an animated remake of Doc Hollywood, starring Michael J. Fox.
1: So what Nate is saying is, uh, kill uh, is uh, let the past die, kill it if you have to.
0: Um, up next, we've got Wally versus another, uh, uh, I guess, like, sleeper pick, Percipolis. Um, anyone catch this one in, in uh, research? I know I made this bracket kind of last minute. The poster looks cool. It's uh, really neat. It's actually a adaptation of someone's memoir. Uh, I believe it was... I ran. ran. It's a coming-of-age story based off of an actual um, autobiographical graphic novel um, made about uh, this kind of... Uh, Iranian-Austrian conflict and uh, this character moving from one uh, moving from Iran to Austria. And it, it's a really unique film and it's art style matches the graphic novel almost perfectly. So who's who's all seen this movie? I've seen it once but that was back when it was like nominated or at least when I was trying to catch up on things that were nominated in the past. Love Wally at least the first 40 minutes of it and then it just rips off 2001 and sucks. (laughs) I think the first 40 minutes of WALL-E are some of the best work Pixar's ever done. It's all visual and uh, like soundtrack and and sound design. There's no dialogue until like even as a kid could follow it and enjoyed it. It reminded me of like silent era movies in a way. Everything after that is just kind of like almost DreamWorks-y. It feels like... It, it wants to have this message about environment protection and feels <coughs> like Al Gore finished the script for someone. It, it, it just it, it feels like a second tier, third tier maybe Pixar movie, but again this, the start of this movie is so fucking strong that I, I think WALL-E should just move on. I Persepolis is a great film, but it's, it's not for everyone and it feels really weird being on this list. Granted, a lot of these are ones that we grew up watching.
1: So I didn't watch the whole movie, but like I said, I was looking at this bracket while I was at work
3: oh um i was just watching the trailer to persepolis
1: you know that's fine i was gonna watch i was gonna vote for persepolis but that's fine um i i i i think i was too i watched like the first half but before i watched the first half i watched uh, like a video essay about persepolis and about the iranian conflict and about what that was about and i and and i watched the trailer for persepolis i if i and you know i love wally I love Wally for all the reasons that uh, that Nate said.
0: You know what? It's Persepolis. I would, I would, I would
1: pick it just because. I I love the concept. And I actually, I like the animation of Persepolis way more.
0: Love the animation.
3: Yeah. I, I just watched the trailer and I really like that animation style. She's like, she's marching around the living room saying revolution. She gets in trouble for wearing a Michael Jackson, like, button on her jacket. The jacket that says Punk's Not Dead. I, I like,
1: honestly, like, I, just based on what I've seen of Persepolis, I like it more.
0: It's definitely the more important movie and it's the one that deserves whatever nod we can give it to becoming relevant or rewatched or viewed by more people. So fuck it. Pixar's overrated. Persepolis is moving on.
1: I I agree with that. And I am glad that we
3: chose to do that.
0: All right. Up next, we've got Kung Fu Panda versus Up.
3: Uh Uh, Hot take? Maybe not Kung Fu Panda.
2: It's Kung Fu Panda. This is where my Up slander comes in.
3: (laughs) I like Up a lot, if only for the first 15
0: minutes. The first 8 minutes of Up are fucking great. It should have stayed at Pixar Animated Short. Fuck the rest of Up. Everything after the opening scene is dog water. Absolute filth one of the worst pixar movies. Oh, I know. That's a hot take. I know it is. It was outside of my top 10 and I nearly got crucified for it 2 years ago.
3: Yeah, I'd like it to uh I'd like it to be known I do not associate with Nate's takes. I do not agree.
2: I'd like it also to be known I tried to video it and put up there in the original pixar video and nobody backed me on it. And that's how he ended with Toy Story at 11.
1: (laughs) I love Kung Fu Panda. And this was a hard, when I was doing the bracket myself, this was a hard decision to make. Uh, I really like had trouble making this decision. But here's the thing, right? I I like Kung Fu Panda. It's fun. I fucking, I would suck Jack Black's dick in a fat second.
2: Nate, clip that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Up is probably one of my favorite Pixar movies. So I have to put my foot in its camp. I love up not even based on the first 8 minutes it's it's based on the movie I love up I, if I had to pick one to watch right now I would pick up
2: but the the style the 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 action in Kung Fu Panda it's so fun the the environments it's so colorful and the characters are great I got to go with Kung Fu Panda here I up is up is fine. I feel like I've hated on up like every time it's brought up on this show. Uh, it's got great animation like Pixar had in this era but I, I agree with Nate after the eight minutes the movie just takes a complete 180 on quality for me when it came to the plot. I think the char- some of the characters are fine but overall I by the end of the movie I just don't care.
1: So okay Alden it's up to you where you stand?
3: No, I'm, I'm definitely Kung Fu Panda, um, I, I think this might have been my, um, first exposure to Seth Rogen, and I hate that <laughs> fact about the movie.
0: Damn, wait, who is Seth Rogen play in the movie? He's
3: Mantis. Oh, holy shit. You were voting for Kung Fu Panda and you didn't know? Mantis and Crane is a duo, right? Yeah. It's Seth Rogen and David Cross. I knew that David Cross was crammed.
1: The cast in Kung Fu Panda is fucking insane. Doesn't, uh... It is literally insane. Who plays fucking uh Tigress?
2: Angelina Jolie. Right right after Shark Tale.
3: No, you got you got Lucy Liu as Viper, you have Angelina Jolie as Tigress, you have Jackie Chan as Monkey, you have Dustin Hoffman as Shifu. Who plays uh Ogwe
0: or whatever, the turtle that dies? His death scene is fucking kino. Yes. Um that's uh that's Randall Duck Kim. Dude, the score in that scene gives me fucking goosebumps. It is so fucking good (laughs) let's do kung fu panda fuck it let's do it all right up next bolt versus the secret of the kells the round that no one gives a shit about i know i give a shit it's kells
1: i know yeah it's kells okay as long as that's where we're going
0: yes that's where we're going Coraline versus fantastic mr fox
1: we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh uh, shit on Coraline right now.
0: <laughs> I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is arguably Wes Anderson's most accessible movie, and I think uh, it is a very, very, very unique animated picture. Both of these are. I think Coraline is Henry Selleck's best animated work. Uh, I think it has those Tim Burton-isms that people like, but at the end of the day, their crossovers in animation, whether it be The Nightmare Before Christmas or um, Corpse Bride, stuff like that, Henry Selleck was more or less the driving force and Tim Burton was the guy who was going to guarantee the money and make the movie work.
1: I think that this movie should have been pitted against uh, Corpse Bride Because this movie is, like, Coraline better than Corpse Bride. But, that being said, it's not as good as Fantastic Mr. Fox. Wes Anderson does a way better job. I love Coraline, I really do. Coraline is absolutely, like, top 35 of my favorite movies. But, Wes Anderson's better, I'm sorry.
2: This uh, This is where I say I don't really care for Coraline all that much uh
3: okay
1: that's
2: fine it scared me as a child
3: yeah i'm kind of with you on that i don't know if it like scared me scared me really but it was definitely a a creepy feeling i couldn't shake for a week after watching it
2: i wasn't expecting it because i feel like my introduction to that type of uh animation was probably like nightmare before christmas or wallace and gromit okay and i i didn't expect Coraline to just have that all that And I was like, okay, I'm not sleeping tonight. I like how Coraline's dad looks like Alden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh my God, that's too accurate.
0: That's too real. (laughs) It's like Alden playing Siege.
3: (laughs) Glasses down, hunched over.
0: I think one thing, I guess if Fantastic Fox is the one moving on, I'll save this take for later. Um... Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about an incredible voice cast, say less. Yeah, for real.
1: Coraline's amazing, and if Erin was here right now, she would be losing her fucking mind. Because Coraline's like one of her favorite movies.
3: I would like to say that in honor of Shrek 2, (laughs) I'm voting Coraline. (laughs) Coraline's a great movie. Yes, and Jennifer Saunders is in it.
1: It sucks that it has to lose to this movie because Fantastic Mr. Fox is just a better movie. It's more fun to watch. If you put it to anybody, it's more accessible. It's more interesting. The animation's better. I like it better.
0: I like how it brings a Roald Dahl story to life uh, in the same way that, like, the original, not the fucking Tim Burton. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, I, sh- I should say. It, it really feels like uh, like a children's book, and I like like the nursery rhyme that's repeated with like the three fucking evil-ass farmer dudes. Um, there, There's a lot of really cool action scenes in this, too, and the way that it's presented is so unlike anything else that I have to elevate Fantastic Mr. Fox here because Coraline's great, but in terms of tone for an animated movie, there's other ones like it, like we were saying, like Corpse rides like a fucking C or D tier version of a Coraline uh, type story. Uh, I, I like the fantasy element of Coraline, and I like the message that it brings. But at the end of the day. At the, at the end of the day, though, like Fantastic Mr. Fox is a movie I could turn on at any time and enjoy whatever amount of the movie I watch. Whereas Coraline is like, you got to kind of be in the right mindset. You got to just sit there and watch the whole thing. And I I don't know. Fantastic Mr. Fox is fantastic. Uh, well, this will really piss you off more, Sakula, because uh, Josh's second <laughs> favorite animated movie of all time, Princess Woo! and the Frog, gets a bye into the next round completely uncontested. There it goes. Good job, Josh.
1: All right, well, that's upsetting, but.
2: <laughs> Howl's Moving Castle versus Surf's Up. Let me stop you right there. Be careful when you say no contest. Does, uh, does Howl's Moving Castle have... Uh, Be careful what you're about to say, too, because it might. Alden, Alden, take it away. I like that Surf's
0: Up is presented in a very interesting narrative format of being a animated found footage movie. Like, one, that has never been done since. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking weird and unique, uh, and it's a product of its time in, like, a really good way, where whereas, like, this is right before the big found footage horror boom. I mean, we had Blair project in the first paranormal activity at this point but we didn't have this, this like, this was pre Chronicle. Yes. It was pre found footage, like takeoff. And for whatever reason, the animators behind this movie were just like, yeah, this would be a fun way to present a children's movie about a surfboard competition. There's fun, like characters in it. It's lighthearted. I think to this day, it it holds up better than a lot of other kids movies of that era. I think the animation's good for what it is. Howl's moving castles on an entirely different tier in terms of like animation quality. But at the same time, I don't know. It's nothing that other Ghibli movies haven't done better.
2: So I'd like to point out that uh, our friends over at the Scary Box podcast did this bracket on their own, and Surf's Up made the finals.
0: (laughs) I don't know, I'm conflicted because I, I think Surfs Up has a lot of really good ideas going for it. But I think if it was in the hands of a different like animated studio, I, I think that it would hold the test of time uh like a lot better. Like I, I think I think that people would talk about it more. I think that the sequel wouldn't be produced by the WWE. Not that there's anything wrong with that, Josh. I hope you're not offended. <laughs> <laughs> but Surf A Mania is a joke and a failed follow-up, uh, and it came out like fifteen years too late. <laughs>
2: Came out so late.
3: I don't, I think it's weird that we made Howl's Moving Castle win over one movie with Napoleon Dynamite, and now it's competing with another movie that has Napoleon Dynamite. His name's John Heater, okay? Show some respect.
2: Yeah, I don't care. Alden is ruthless this episode. Ruthless Alden, which one are you picking?
1: Look, if Surf's Up moves on, I will literally hunt down and kill all three of you. Uh, I'll share my location. Actually, you have my location.
0: Yeah, you have all of our locations.
1: I will hunt you down and slit your throat if Surf's
3: Up moves out. Because, like, I... I, 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 Well, unfortunately, even though I want that to happen, I am voting Hal's. A coming-of-age story about the Iranian
0: conflict or good food anyone can cook.
3: Good food anyone can cook all the way. Well, hold on. They put cheese on strawberries. I wouldn't say good food. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever tried cheese on strawberries? No, and I refuse
2: to.
1: Okay, well, that's your problem, but you're wrong.
2: Wait, 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 wait. Alden, you just had strawberry cream cheese last time we saw each other.
3: Oh! Ooh, but it wasn't cream cheese. It was a yellow cheese. It was literally cheddar.
2: Yeah, that's what the, that's what it was in Ratatouille. That's what I'm saying. That is disgusting. <laughs> but you
1: ate it. It was gross? So you said you tried it and it was gross.
3: No, I said I hadn't tried it and- Thinking of cheddar on a strawberry. I have never had that. We're
1: not no, but but he just said you you had tried strawberry cream cheese and you said it was good. (laughs) Yes, I have eaten strawberry cream
3: cheese. (laughs)
1: Okay, and that that? was good? Yes or no? Yeah, it was fine. So you haven't
3: actually tried yellow cheese and strawberries, so how can you say it's gross? Okay, well, how about this? I've had ratatouille and it is fine. It's not amazing. I have no nostalgia attached to it like Ego does. Yeah, but Ego had it as a child. You have not. No, I did. I did. I had it as a child, but I didn't have a weird memory attached to it like he did. So it wasn't like, oh, this is incredible.
1: And that's the reason why Ratatouille isn't as good as Persepolis?
2: When Ego bites into the food, that's. Alden has the same effect when he presses play on the Shrek 2 DVD.
3: Every single time. I go back to that theater.
1: All right, well, too bad. Shrek 2 is already lost, so move on. I won't move
2: on. Rat, rat, but Ratatouille is moving on.
1: I think we're out of split vote. What? But Ratatouille holds the test of time. I've seen it many, many times. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm absolutely ecstatic to hear another argument for Persepolis because I'm sure that Persepolis is a great movie, but I haven't seen the whole thing. So I have to put my, my foot in Ratatouille because I've seen it many times and I love
0: that movie.
3: I haven't seen it at all. I'm just trying to piss off Josh.
0: <laughs> I think Persepolis is uh, a really great movie, but it's a lot um, smaller scale. It's, I mean, sure, it's about a, a real life conflict, but it's more about a person growing up in that real life conflict, and it, it it is a great slice of life picture. The animation style is beautiful, very unique, and panel for panel accurate to the graphic novel, uh, and the, the memoir. Um, I, I think that Persepolis was a very important movie to have been made because I think it uh, reached a larger audience than the uh, that graphic novel did and I-, I think that it's awesome that it got a nomination for this category because I'm sure it brought more attention to an American audience. Josh is not alone in thinking that Ratatouille is one of, if not the best Pixar movies. I personally don't feel that way. I like Ratatouille. I think it's a little on the overrated side, but the impact that Ratatouille has made on pop culture, especially over the past two years, is kind of crazy.
3: (laughs) TikTok musical.
2: I was just going to say, I think in a way, uh, Ratatouille is a bit of a risk. Imagine, like, you're in a meeting with Brad Bird and they're like, all right, Brad Bird, you just did Incredibles. What's the next big Pixar movie? And he's like, I'm going to do a rat that cooks and it's going to be fucking phenomenal. <laughs>
3: As I do think that that's how that meeting went.
0: It's more or less about anyone being able to express themselves. And I think that that's what's so special about it. It's not necessarily about the food or the triteness of the plot. It's more of a uh, an allegory in a way that doesn't treat its audience, which is primarily children like idiots. And I respect Ratatouille for that.
3: I agree. But is, is Persepolis not also like an expression of oneself?
0: Yeah, but I also feel like it's not really targeted for kids. I think it's a movie that is mostly made for adults that don't understand what it would be like growing up in a third world country that is under a, uh, an attack domestically and also involvement by a global superpower.
1: Ignore the fact that it's not made for kids. Ignore the fact that it's not made for people who are not ready to accept you know, these these struggles that somebody else in another country might be going through than their own. Because I'm sure that that's valid. Like I said, I've only seen half of this movie, but I, I do think that it doesn't have the cult- the cultural impact. And I do think, you know, just based on half of it that I've seen, which is amazing, it's an incredible movie, and I don't think that it deserves being shit on. We've already put it about, above WALL-E, which... Is a great movie, but it does shit itself in the third act. I really think that Ratatouille probably has the hand over Persepolis. Not be, like you can in, you can infuse in a movie as much cultural relevance as you want, but that doesn't say anything about the film itself. I think Ratatouille uh, uh, represents itself in the cultural lexicon.
2: Well, that's what's awesome about Ratatouille. It has no cultural reference, like the movie itself, and we still remember it, and there was a whole musical thing on TikTok. Like, for some reason, Zoomers still love this movie.
1: Persepolis won't do that. And it's like, look, I'm not going to say Persepolis is a bad movie. I'm not going to say it's not as good as Ratatouille. But I will say, in the bracket that we're creating of animated picture nominations of the early 2000s, I think that it's...
3: I don't think that it deserves to beat Ratatouille. I don't think Ratatouille, owned by Disney, deserves to have an Academy nomination when the Academy is
2: owned by Disney. You're right, Alden. It deserved the Academy win for Best Picture. Moving on.
1: Alden, I appreciate your win, but we're not moving on with that decision.
0: Kung Fu Panda versus The Secret of Kells. Uh, I like Secret of Kells. I think the animation studio behind it is doing their absolute damnedest to try to compete with the overwhelming amount of CGI animated movies specifically targeted towards kids. Secret of Kells isn't my favorite of their work, but I do respect it quite a bit. Uh, Kung Fu Panda is pretty great. I uh, I think it does a good job of, of kicking off a uh, pretty decent little DreamWorks franchise uh, post Shrek. Um, I, I think that each movie has stronger themes, maybe not as as strong of uh, fun elements, but the first Kung Fu Panda pretty great. I like it a lot. I could go either way on this one. Not
3: gonna lie, as I do really appreciate studios trying to still have a two D animation space. I, I just, I think Kung Fu Panda stands out a lot farther. I, I agree. I think that Kung Fu Panda does stand out a lot farther.
1: But uh, the thing is, I love Tom Moore. I love Tom Moore's animations. I, I I love Song of the Sea. I love Wolfwalkers. I love a lot of the movies he's made. Were both of those nominated?
0: Uh, Wolfwalkers was, and uh, Song of the Sea, I think, got snubbed. I
1: love... Tom Moore's animation style. I love seeing it. I love everything about it. I I, 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 Secret of the Kells isn't even one of my favorite Tom Moore movies. Any of his movies are better than Kung Fu Panda. And maybe that's based, or maybe that's cringe, but I, I really think that his movies are better than Kung Fu Panda. Firmly in the stance of the Secret of Kells, because I love Tom Moore, and I love his animation style, and I love how earnest it is and how how it's meant to feel and how it's meant to revitalize the space of two you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of klaus if any of you have seen klaus
0: I'm cool with Secret of Kells moving on. I think it's got a good little fantasy story to it. I, th- I think it's uh, somewhat based on like a Celtic folklore, and I think that that's really uh, neat. I feel like it brings a sense of culture to uh, its story, and I guess Kung Fu Panda does the same thing with Eastern martial arts philosophy to some degree, but makes it really accessible
2: for kids. Yeah. Uh, Josh, where are you leaning on this? I haven't seen The Secret of Kells, so I... I'm probably just going to leave it up to you guys because Kung Fu Panda is really cool, but I also don't have a strong connection with it where I think it needs to move on or anything.
3: Uh, They put pandemonium on the poster. The,
2: uh, the, com- the cover of Kung Fu Fighting was lit.
3: Look, I'm not going to lose sleep over this one.
2: I'm going with my
0: gut. I think Secret of the Kells needs to move on. I, I agree. I think it's just a better movie. All right, Fantastic Mr. Fox versus Princess and the Frog. Uh, Princess and the Frog coming in fresh off its bye. It's the highest-seeded movie in this entire bracket, thanks to Josh uh, thinking it's the second-best animated movie of all time. Woo. Where are you guys leaning on this? I'd love
1: to see where it's at because I have a lot of bad opinions about Princess and the Frog.
3: Yikes. Uh, I have a huge soft spot for Princess and the Frog. I think it's my favorite Disney princess movie. That's insane.
0: Its highs are really, really high. I think it has some of the best music in any Disney princess movie. Uh, Almost There is probably the best uh, princess introduction song, in my opinion. I also really love Keith David as the evil witch doctor guy. I I also like the setting. I think noir. Orleans is a really cool uh, backdrop. Uh, at the end of the day, its highs are really high, but it's as a whole product, I think it's a little lacking. Um, it's a good story, and it's it takes a lot. It adds a lot more to. The, the Grimm's brother fantasy of Princess and the Frog. I, I have to say Fantastic Mr. Fox. My favorite thing about this movie is that they have a incredible voice cast. A bunch of Wes Anderson regulars but also like Meryl Streep is in this movie for some fucking reason. Yeah. The way that they went about recording the audio for Fantastic Mr. Fox elevates it from almost every movie on this list for me because instead of doing the typical thing where the people are sitting in a studio reading their lines he had everyone Memorized the scripts as best they could, work it off script, and everyone was lobbed up and had a boom mic pointed on them, and they're doing the actions of the characters in the movie. It provides a way more realistic sounding uh, uh, setting for these uh, stop motion uh, miniature characters. And I I think it's really, really fucking cool. And I wish that more uh, directors would take that unique approach to presenting an animated film in a different way, not just visually. Princess and the Frog's great, and it's the last 2D animated Disney princess movie probably for the foreseeable future. Fantastic Mr. Fox does so much for me.
2: And it might be in my top, like, two Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, what a bummer that uh, it's been over a decade now since the last 2D Disney movie. I know, it sucks.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I Alden, I, I, I wanna hear what you say
3: about the Friends the Princess and the Fox. <laughs> wow. Dude, yeah, Friends on the Other Side is an incredible song.
0: Yes.
1: It is. It's a really good song, and there's lots of good songs and lots of good characters in this movie. The first black princess of Disney spends ninety percent of her movie as a frog
0: and this is why soul sucks that's why soul sucks
3: wait they've done it twice (laughs) oh
0: my god they're gonna keep doing it why i like moana so much
1: is moana spends the whole movie as moana
0: yeah, legalize Moana. <laughs> Josh, fucking give us your take of Princess and the Frog again, because this is your second favorite animated movie of all time.
2: Uh, I really, uh, as Alden said, uh, New Orleans is really cool. The uh, that, What really puts it up for me is the music. I think this is one of the best, like, Disney soundtracks to date. I think it's up there with, like, Tarzan and Lion King and stuff. Yeah, it's like, it was just cool to see, like, a 2D classic princess Disney anime movie uh, growing up even though like those movies like maybe weren't pertained towards my demographic but hey it's 2021 I could enjoy a princess movie if I want to yeah no matter what my gender is
3: Absolutely. I wanted to be
2: Tiana. So It just came down to just like, I think the villain's awesome. Like we talked about with Keith David. I I think he's phenomenal in the role. It's just a really cool movie, but I feel like Fantastic Mr. Fox is also like a really cool movie. I mean, it's Wes Anderson, a director, a director legend. So I'm fine with whatever outcome we have here. I'll be content.
3: I, I have some, some favorite characters from Princess and the Frog that I don't necessarily have the same kind of favorites from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, But Nate did say something about how they recorded their voices. Uh, So I looked up a video of it and I saw George Clooney running in a circle while someone's trying to follow him with uh boom i think because of that i have to pick fantastic
2: mr fox listen johnny depp did that in rango yeah yeah but that was after
3: well they also
0: i think i think they also mocap johnny depp too for part of that movie which is fucking wild <laughs> <laughs> all right howls moving castle versus ratatouille
1: i'm not sure that this is a competition i fucking love
3: ratatouille stop saying that you're going to jinx it
2: especially against ratatouille
3: i i think that Howl's Moving Castle is just a better movie than Ratatouille. Like, this is a hot take right now. I think Howl's Moving Castle has a better cooking scene in it than Ratatouille. I
2: agree! I agree! I have been content all episode, so listen up, fucking weebs, okay? Ratatouille needs to move on. The setting of Paris is beautiful. Some of the best background animation we ever had. Remy. (laughs) Played by fucking uh, Patton Oswalt phenomenal great the entire cast the the this movie's got layers with it's like it's got layers of like a soap opera and it's it's so funny the, i love the supporting cast of all the chefs and the i think the love story between linguini and what's her name Ratcatcher 2 works really well
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the food looks delicious you're you're not telling me you thought that Rat- Ratatouille at the end looked really good I thought it was like pieces of pepperoni but either way it looks so good the monologue at the end Ego's monologue is one of the best movie monologues in the past 20 years I will die on that hill I will stand for that How's Moving Castle? I don't know I haven't seen it poster looks cool I'm sure the animation's cool but Ratatouille is, Pix- is one of Pixar's greats it is a classic and it's only getting better each and every year and I think our generation's love for that film proves it.
1: Okay, so we know where Josh stands. <laughs> Alden, where are you
0: at?
3: Man, I've been, like, supportive of a Ratatouille agenda for multiple episodes, and I'm not sure I can do it in this one.
0: I am with Josh on this one. Really? Really?
2: Yes, yes.
0: I think Howl's Moving Castle has very very strong elements, but I think that the parts of those of that movie that I thoroughly enjoy are better than the movie as a whole. And I think that Ratatouille has a lot of great things in its favor. Like Josh mentioned, the supporting cast, like the, the ensemble of different characters, the different cooks in the kitchen, uh and like the layered levels of conflict make this movie feel a lot more chaotic than the very two-dimensional single plot line that Howl's Moving Castle has. I do think that the animation is, is beautiful in Howl's Moving Castle, and there's a reason why it was my favorite Ghibli movie as a child, but Ratatouille was a movie that I didn't like when I first saw it as a 9 or 10-year-old, and every time I've watched it since, I appreciate it more and more. I think the use of the uh, like animated camera of Ratatouille is way more dynamic than any other Pixar movie. and makes it feel a lot more cinematic I also like Josh was saying it almost feels like a soap opera at times with the amount of different uh, plots and and the kind of uh, groundedness to the the drama of everything going on I like how things build on top of each other You've got Remy's relationship with his father falling out at the same time that Linguini's getting rights to his father's restaurant that he finds out he's the heir to. You also have all this other crazy shit going on with the evil chef guy trying to sabotage the restaurant. There's so many different elements into play, and it all gets resolved by the same... Moment, And that is ego having the food going on a nostalgia trip and dropping one hell of a pipe bomb of a monologue. I actually have to agree with Josh that that monologue is one of the strongest in the last 10, 15 years of cinema. I think that Ratatouille is a very, very, very strong movie all the way through, whereas Howl's Moving Castle has great moments, beautiful moments, some of my favorite moments in any Ghibli movie, but it is not even close to my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. Not even close.
1: Talking about, I think that Howl's Moving Castle is getting a lot of shit in this episode. And I'm not sure why. You guys praised it for two rounds. Uh, praised is an exaggeration. Do we need a tiebreaker? Because I feel like right now we have two v2. What are we gonna do?
2: I, I think I think I think John's tiebreaker would be too biased.
1: I my tie okay, I can promise you if Erin came in right now, she would vote for Hal's Moving Castle and it would move on if we did a if we did a three v two. Uh their option is ratatouille.
2: I know she just said that's tough. I,
4: I will say, Ratatouille, amazing animation. I absolutely love that movie. Ratatouille
2: is my, my favorite movie.
4: The thing with Howl's Moving Castle is it was adapted from a book and the animation in it is so good. And the steampunk artistry in that movie is absolutely fucking amazing and is so intricate. And there's so much lore in that movie. But also it's the fact that like you have Howl, he, he takes in this girl who just she's very strong-willed she's like a very independent female and chooses to go work for him and you have all of these you have all of this lore but be- behind like Hal's character and whatnot like he's turning into an owl he like had his heart stolen like you have calcifer the fire demon like you have all of this shit that's like packed behind this and like despite all of that they end up falling in love and you were calling you were calling her the sultan it was the witch Okay. It was the witch and he wasn't being the king, he was being the general.
2: Her sister was a witch. (laughs) She came down in a bubble.
4: The wicked witch of the east, bro. (laughs) 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 But you have all of that packed behind it. The amazing artistry, the steampunk elements also incorporating like witchcraft and wizardry into that that's a whole other genre that like hasn't even been tapped into because you're combining like industrial steampunk with magic
0: yeah that's cool as shit
4: there's that whole thing with like Calciver the fire demon you have that field that he takes her to that he had when he was a kid he has that apprentice and all of the characters are extremely empathetic and you just you watch them grow throughout the whole movie so it's like In Ratatouille, you see a guy who can't cook that gets controlled by a rat.
0: I will say, uh, I think Ratatouille is one of Pixar's most grounded movies to date. Like, despite the fact that a a rat can uh, communicate with
3: humans and pull a dude's hair. Can just straight up puppeteer.
0: Yeah, that's straight up like one of my favorite things about Ratatouille as opposed to other animated movies on this list is it feels relatively realistic for the most part, especially in the conflict of everything. Uh, Obviously, rats can't talk, but...
4: And that's the thing, like, it is realistic. Realistic in the sense that, like, what Linguini is that his name?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's his name, his kind of racist name
4: brings a rat into his home and then he's like it's not much and it's like bro you're talking to a rat like this is just like a direct like reflection on like gen z and millennials like this just hurts (laughs) hell's moving castle brings you into like this fantasy world of like like magical shit and like intricate artwork and you have christian bale who does the dub for Hal, and then you have fucking like Ron Weasley being controlled by fucking Peter Pettigrew.
2: But I feel like but I feel like that's why Ratatouille is such a pillar for Pixar is that it's a grounded story but then has your Disney type storytelling in it and I think it's molded together in this perfect animated movie.
4: No, and it is good. Like it's in, you know, like I don't know, like French French Ramsay, I don't know.
3: It's literally French propaganda.
4: It's a wholesome movie, but I think if you're comparing the two, the, the story and the art be- behind Howl's Moving Castle is so much more than what it is behind Ratatouille.
0: <laughs> well, Josh, I, uh, I think we're outnumbered here, pal. All right. We got The Secret of Kells versus Fantastic Mr. Fox. Thank you, Aaron.
2: Thank you, Aaron.
0: Thank you, Aaron. Josh, that sounded like a very sarcastic thank you, Aaron. <laughs> 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 We got a secret of Kells versus Fantastic Mr. Fox here. For me, this one's a no contest personally. And I know that we just said that and then had a 20 minute debate about how I was moving castle versus Ratatouille. But anything that the secret Secret of Kells brings to the table is more or less uh, (laughs) doing stuff that if Disney still gave a shit about the art form that they represent. They would be doing and mastering just as well as this movie. Uh, I think Tom Moore is a fantastic auteur and he's keeping 2D animation alive. But Fantastic Mr. Fox's sonic and visual uh, uh, presentation hasn't been matched yet. Even when he tried to do it again with Isle of Dogs, Fantastic Mr. Fox is so fucking unique and so well done. I can't see it not moving on here.
1: I uh, I agree um, I think that I fucking love Tom more. I love the art style he puts forward. And I on a, I, I think that, like, just, you know, I... I, I God damn it. It sucks because I love Wes Anderson and I want him to move on. And he will move on because I don't think that the the animated movie that he's put forward is... Is is worse than the Secret of Kells, and we're talking about the Secret of Kells. We're not talking about Tom Wars as a, as a fucking, as a director, as an animator,
0: as a storyteller. It doesn't matter. Josh Alden, do you guys have any thoughts here between Secret of Kells and Fantastic Mr. Fox? Uh,
3: yeah, I'm, I don't have anything like too deep. I think I just I really appreciate when people still keep trying 2d animation but at the same time this isn't the same cgi animation for fantastic mr fox either so i i I really appreciate both of these for having less popular animation styles to them and still being really fantastic kind of holds itself to a higher pedestal i guess just in the way that wes anderson directs the movies like his movies um I don't know. It's it's hard to compare these two,
1: but I I like I think that the uh the, the stop motion animation plus the uh plus plus like Wes Anderson's style
3: beats and the recording technique.
1: Yeah, no, the recording technique, the characters, the the voice. It's it's just better. It's a better
0: movie. Finals going up against uh, uh, Shrek, we've got uh, Howl's Moving Castle versus Fantastic Mr. Fox. I mean, we've heard the praises sung by many a panelist and special guest tiebreaker for Howl's Moving Castle. I've sang the praises of Fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't think either one of these movies is beating Shrek, so... Which one do we want to see
2: in the finals? The one that could beat Shrek lost against Hal's Moving Castle.
3: I don't think Ratatouille
2: could have beat Shrek. Alden, Shrek 2 lost in the first round.
3: Yeah, and I let you have Ratatouille for three, so shut up, eat my ass. I, I don't think
1: that any movie could come close to Shrek, but...
0: So the way I see it here, Howl's Moving Castle and Fantastic Mr. Fox are both animated adaptations of uh, different novels and different stories. And I think what Aaron was saying about the uh, like the art design of Howl's Moving Castle blending this like witchcraft and and steampunk aesthetics is very, very like valuable. And I think that they transfer that to uh, film very well. I think that's one thing that Ghibli does a very good job of is blending different elements and different art styles into their same kind of monolithic uh, approach to animated movies. I think that what Fantastic Mr. Fox does in blending Wes Anderson style and Roald Dahl's novel is just as strong because it, it it's so um qu- I don't want to say quippy because the characters don't really make jokes, but everything's kind of like soft spoken and and like uh, matter of fact. Uh, with with his characters in most of his movies, and he brings that element to Fantastic Mr. Fox, where Mr. Fox himself is like, hey, you know, I'm a crook. I steal things. It's what I do, and that's just what everyone in the world embraces. And when he's able to um, commit these small petty crimes of robbing the uh, the upper class farmers that are trying to pull them out of their land, um, that this is a, a really good tale on. I guess, like, the haves versus the have-nots and also, uh, you know, taking your own, uh, uh, I guess, taking a stance into your own uh, liberty and into your own, uh, putting fate in your hands, uh, as a, as opposed to not doing anything and just letting your situation be what it is. Howl's Moving Castle probably has uh, uh, deeper themes on, uh, you know, I guess like aging and what it means to, uh, you know, I guess. Uh, progress through life and and transform into something that you weren't anymore. And I think that those are very, very rich themes. But for me, I think the simplicity in Fantastic Mr. Fox on a, a visual and, and thematic level is just stronger for all audiences. I think a lot of the nuance of Howl's Moving Castle I, was missed for me as a kid, but... When Fantastic Mr. Fox came out and I watched it, I immediately got it and I grew to like it more and more uh, learning the technical side of how the film was made. And I think it's still one of the most unique, if not the most unique, stop motion animated picture, uh, feature length uh, animated picture, I should say. It's also so fucking impressive that this is Wes Anderson's animated directorial debut. I want to hear what Alden and
1: Josh have to say before I give my take on this. Josh, have you really
3: not seen these movies?
2: I had a feeling Fantastic Mr. Fox was going to make it, and I did want to watch it beforehand.
3: I remember talking to you about it before the episode.
2: Yeah, I was going to fall asleep watching it, but instead I cried myself to sleep. Oof, <laughs> been there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't get to catch either of these movies, but, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what Alden S I think he's seen both of them.
3: I don't know. I, I was pretty sure, like, when it was whoever asked which one would hold itself better against Shrek um, thought it might be Fantastic Mr. Fox just because there's so many aspects to it and I think it's a little bit more accessible to people. I don't know. I'm a sucker for art style and I think the the world and the drawn scenes for How's Moving Castle is definitely a, a plus for me. Um, but it's not my favorite Ghibli movie. I'm not even sure if it's in my top five. I kind of think I have to go with Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I don't uh, don't like that I am. All right, here it is, the finals. We're here
0: after nearly three hours, our longest recording in a very long time. We've got Shrek versus Fantastic Mr. Fox. Somebody wants... Gone through this bracket myself uh, multiple
1: times today, and the... Entries that I ended up with are Shrek 2 versus Howl's Moving Castle. So this is not where I expected to end up today. In essence, we're, we
3: have the same like
1: vibe. A similar, a very similar dichotomy. And I, I'm still just as torn
3: between these two films. I'm not. I know what I'm picking. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you picking, Alden? Uh, Shrek in the spirit of Shrek 2.
2: Out of spite.
3: Out of spite. You didn't let Shrek 2 go past the first round. Shut up. Your spite has already been seen.
2: It would have just tied the panel and then one of us would have just said Incredibles. I saw the future.
0: I feel like Shrek versus Fantastic Mr. Fox kind of comes down to uh, mostly the cultural relevancy. Uh, debate for me, and as great of a movie as Fantastic Mr. Fox is, and as much as I appreciate the strong sense of direction and tone, as well as the uh, abundantly amazing uh, audio design, as well as stop motion style, when I think of animated movies from the early 2000s, Shrek is the first thing that comes to mind. It was the first movie to win this category, and it it's still relevant to this day, even though there hasn't been a movie in this franchise in almost a decade, if not longer. So I, I- I don't see a timeline where Shrek isn't winning here. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think it's the technical better movie, but in terms of being an animated movie, Shrek is everything for the whole family. I think that Fantastic Mr. Fox is suitable for kids, but I think adults might like it more. And Fantastic Mr. Fox is a movie that doesn't really get brought up in regular conversation unless you're talking to a movie nerd about Wes Anderson. Even within the realm of animated movies, it's always overlooked. And that might be a bad thing, I don't think it even holds a candle to to Shrek.
1: I would like to hear your opinion on this on this particular debate specifically because this is a big one.
3: I I think there is a huge nostalgia factor for Shrek for me, that's for sure. I genuinely think it's hard for me to get people to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox or or even Isle of Dogs. If I'm going with another Wes Anderson movie, like...
2: I I have seen Isle of Dogs.
3: If I'm going to throw on a movie, and the choices are these, if I'm at someone's house... It's going to be Shrek.
2: Well, we've watched this movie at somebody's house multiple times—three <laughs> or
3: you two specifically,
2: like four times. What about you, Josh? Um, of course, haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I think Wes Anderson's a great director. But I agree with everything Nate and Alden have said. First, first one to win the Best Animated Picture, and I think it won for a reason. I think the film is very iconic and yeah when I think of animation in the 2000s I I think of Shrek I, th- I think I think we're picking the right winner I'm sorry Sekula you're on the Fox side
1: I I look I I love Fantastic Mr. Fox but I have to agree I think that Shrek must win this one I think it has to I I think that I honestly like I told you my original Bracket for when I did this list myself just by myself uh it was it was between Shrek 2 and Howl's Moving Castle, and I'm glad that Howl's Moving Castle made it as far as it did.
3: What I was hoping the bracket would end up as was Shrek Two and Monster House. What I thought it would end up as is Shrek Two and Ratatouille.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's why that's why we have a new host. He brought a new spin because I think it would have been Shrek Two and Ratatouille if it was the three of us.
3: Yeah, probably. I don't know. You guys have, have put Shrek above Shrek 2, I think, twice now. So
2: Well, thank you, everyone, for checking out today's episode of
0: Duel of the Takes. Do you think we got it right? Do you think Shrek's the best animated movie of the early 2000s? Let us know in the new poll segment on uh, Spotify if you're listening there. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, what's your favorite movie we talked about today on this episode of Duel of the Takes? Write a comment down below, and uh, we're excited to debate with you more in the comments.